0: marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com judy was boring hello
1: then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy
2: There's a painful rash on the blue backside of Manchester. Well done, Marcus. This is the Redcast. Good evening, good day, wherever you are in the world. This is the Manchester United Redcast. And my name is David Collins. Thank you for joining us. Limp against Liverpool and followed by Derby Delight. It's just another week in the life of the Red Devils. On this edition of the Redcast, we'll be discussing those two games mentioned plus the FA Cup. And we'll also ask the question, was selling World back a mistake? The rise of Rashford united in the twitter years jose's pre-contract but i just don't want to talk to myself so to help me answer these questions (laughs) and much much more joining me in the studio mr ben paul welcome back sir oh pleasure to be back thanks for having me it's great to have you here and down twinkling his toes in the temperate waters of sulfur keys it's our journalist he's one of our own mr robert meakin Good
1: good evening good
2: evening yes you how are you sir I'm very good particularly after yesterday. Oh what a so. great result that was. What and, a tonic that was. Oh it's brilliant. Now listen we're going to we'll get to the city um and we'll talk about the FA Cup game later but let's start uh, with this debacle within midweek against Liverpool. Uh Europa League game um Oh, an exit, United, I mean, Liverpool had eight shots on target in that game, which is the second, I mean, it's the joint most they've, that United have had on them in the game all season. Um, ben, let me come to you first. Considering the United have gone behind from a first leg and two nil down...
0: Was that pretty much what you expected to happen? Was you, was you? What did you expect? Do you know what? I am amazed, really, that we only went in two 0 down from the first leg. To have a replay, to have um, any chance in the second leg, was a bonus. Did I think at any point we were going to turn it around? Do you know what? That's the problem. No, I didn't. I had no confidence in them.
2: And um, Bobby, I mean. Uh, you wouldn't have thought that the urgency wasn't there, was it? There, there was, I think Paul Scholes said there's no one in that team, there's no captain, there's no leaders. Did you yeah. feel at any time in that game we had a chance of getting those two goals back or did you always feel like me that they would always score?
1: You, fl- you had that flush of optimism when they scored. Yeah. But I must admit, I didn't go into the into the second leg with much optimism that we could beat them by the sort of clear margin that we needed to. So We just, don't, we just didn't, haven't looked like the sort of team who could turn over... Aside even of Liverpool standards to that degree, i.e., like a three nil, four one sort of result, which was what we needed on the night. So I wasn't all that optimistic, and say, so, no, I thought it was just too costly in the previous leg, as we just said. We were lucky that it was only two nil, uh, but that did that that killed us essentially.
0: The crazy thing is that Liverpool went two nil up against Southampton away. Yeah, and Southampton came back with three goals in virtually what thirty minutes. Why didn't we do that? We're not, you know, we are. We're not. Good, we're not as good as Southampton.
2: I was watching the game, obviously, like you guys were, and you guys on listening to the uh, the red cast, and I just felt. Oh, you know, I didn't expect us to win it, but I was also saying to myself, you know, this Liverpool team isn't that good. But on the road in the, in, the, in recent uh, European games, uh, United actually have lost, and uh, in, in the last six away knockout games in Europe, they've lost five. So it's not just recent; this has been going on for a while. But it was really depressing, especially. And what about the manager, Robert? When we needed the goals, and he brought on two fullbacks and Schweinsteiger, <laughs> it is infuriating. He
1: just seems to have a bit of a fetish for in fullbacks, doesn't he? Because we've had, they've had so many injury casualties, but it, it seems to be his, his big yeah his pet obsession is the fullbacks. And of course, it was crying out for that imaginary flair attacking player who we don't have itself to come on and save the game.
2: Yeah, well, you know that's gone now. There's not much we can do about. It. And let's totally be honest. If we did get past that and we had to play Dortmund, there wasn't it wasn't like that we were ever going to get to that final anyway, it wasn't really our way in. Um I started off the podcast with my, you know, red rash on the blue ass of of City, and my initial my original intro was going to be very different. It was gonna be about derby destruction, uh, you know, <laughs> and it was gonna be a dinosaur Dutchman, and it was that's what I had planned before the kickoff <laughs> because I, I was concerned that after the week we'd had, and it is a typical. typical, Typical Manchester United week, wasn't it, in our season? You've got a draw, a humiliating loss, and then you think, what's going to happen at the end of this? And then, oh my goodness me, we go along and win the game, Ben.
0: Yeah, well, is it any good winning big games and then losing the kind of games we did to West Brom or Sunderland? It's nice for a bit of encouragement. It's a nice bit of confidence in the team. It's nice to rub City's blue noses in it. But when it comes to it, we've got Aston Villa next week. So we could just go back to the normal United and just go and lose another game to a really weak team and then um, almost make it into Europe again. So, I, you know, great. We, we won a, a little competition. We won a cup final of sorts. We managed to rub the, the other half's faces in it. But if you stretch it out over two or three games... How relevant is this result going to be if we keep cocking it up afterwards?
2: Yeah, the only league that United are at the top of at the moment this season is points one against the top tens, uh, 10 in the league and they've got 26 points and they're top of it which shows you that they can get up for these bigger games but the inconsistency I think of having younger players and pretty middle of the road average players in a team shows you this up and down but let's talk about Rashford 18 year old boy from Wivenshaw, the first Mancunian to score in a derby since 2010 Paul Skulls. Bobby uh, this, this kid's uh, scored a few goals now, and you know, been quiet in the last few games. But boy, did he come back, and he had done well for us, didn't he?
1: Yeah, it was it was it was a fabulous performance. I was concerned, like a lot of people, that he, he's been you know flogged to death almost in recent games, and often played in a variety of positions, including white right wing back at one point. Oh. But. Uh, no, but to be fair to him, yesterday he he was superb. He's a real threat. He terrified mm-hmm. that aging Manchester City defence, and it was great, great for his confidence. Of course, great for us. He looks, he looks like a, as Van Hulle said, doesn't look like a, a natural centre forward, an out and out finisher. So I hope we just look after him properly. Mm-hmm. Don't overuse him. You know, don't let the risk burn out or anything. But he's he's a fantastic player and prospect for us alongside Marshall. They're 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 two, of course, the big positives of the season we can look at that final third of the field and start to see a future path for us really.
0: I love the fact that Rashford scores the winner against City and then is back in school on Monday morning at uh, Ashton on Mersey which is the exact school I used to to live opposite I used to get so much abuse from them when we used to walk to the (laughs) bus stop to the other school and he could have been one of them I love the fact that at school I think one of the papers said that every morning they ask him to empty his pockets all the kids have to empty their pockets you know Rashford empty your pockets what have you got pencil cauliflower (laughs) have you got a pencil (laughs) you got a calculator you got Dean Michaelis I mean (laughs) I was waiting for that one. Yeah. yeah, he was born, right, he's born October 31st, he's born on Halloween in 1997. Do you know where we were in 1997? We were top of the Premier League and City were fourth from bottom in the second tier. We'll be talking about in the
2: Twitter years because it's actually 10 years to the day that Twitter started, so we'll be looking back on where Manchester United were 10 years ago today. Um, Bobby, there's a lot of tempo and a good commitment in that uh, in that game on the Sunday and the first half was really good. I felt we could have just taken them to the sword though, didn't you? I think we had the pace up front and we just didn't do it. But, I mean, it, obvious penalty though.
1: It's, it was, yeah, we were very unlucky not to get the penalty. You said, I thought it was an all-round really good energetic performance. Schneidling, yeah, I think I really hope he's going to become a really big, you know, focal point for us in the midfield. Had a really good game, you know. I think he, he that was great for his confidence because I thought he was he was quite dominant against uh, you know a, a traditionally strong city midfield. So I thought that that was a good fact. Smalling. You know, although he was possibly lucky,
2: yeah, we say they're lucky there. to stay out we yeah, should, you know. Yeah, but,
1: but he was, was, was played very well. Yeah, we, we got a bit of luck there. He played and he, he was exceptionally good. So you start to see the semblance of a spine when you're feeling optimistic about the team. You think, all right, it's been a pretty lousy season to date, but if you look at the positives, you think we've got Smalling playing well, Schneidling, Your hope is going to come good and consistent, you've got the two young lads up front. I mean, I think they are the positives to look at presently.
2: Three young lads. Well, the win, win percentage with Morgan Snydlin in the team is 57% without his 28. Yeah. So that shows you. And he and Van Gaal yeah. is doing a, what he intends t- to do, which is he'll play someone, then he'll leave them out. And it can't be good for confidence, and it can't be good for their you know, their level of fitness as well to be ke- mm. getting dropped and let you know put back in the team again. So I think that was a positive. Uh, Small in played
0: well. What about Rojo? That was pretty poor though, wasn't <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Terrible But I think it's finally Time to say That to a certain Number of players Goodbye We need to um, Sell them Save a bit of money Say buy the rest Because he's he's not What is he Is is he centre-half Is he he a left-back
2: I think uh, you can also go back to Liverpool game. Horella all over the place. I mean, he was uh, culpable. They just kept uh, attacking down our left hand side. His right hand side. So I think that's why he wasn't in the game. What, do, Bobby? What do you make of Mattia Darmian? He, again, he's been in and out of the team. He's had injuries. Is that one you think might not be staying around for a long period of time, or are you thinking, you know, he'd give him a chance to bed in and get used to playing in the Premier League?
1: I think it's a bit. I think it, it, it's a bit fifty fifty with him. I was really quite exciting when he first arrived I thought he looked very very assured the first few games it meant the injury seemed to have set him back a bit so I, I, I have to say I'm still going to sit on the fence with that one I'm not entirely convinced he's going to be the answer long term at, at uh, right or indeed left back of course he gets moved around to both but we'll see he showed quite a lot of quality early on and hopefully he can sort of show that again.
2: Well, let me ask you both a question, and you listening at this at United Redcast. I want to know which Belgium was missed more yesterday in the
0: Derby, Fellaini or Bruna. company. Oh, De Bruyne. (laughs) Um, Well, for me, obviously, for them, (laughs) yeah, obviously. It was Fellaini, of course. (laughs) You know, if Fellaini had been our team, we would have at least 3-0, 4-0. The man man is sorely missed.
2: Well, we didn't need him in the end because (laughs) the amount of injuries happened to their their goalkeeper and uh, uh, Raheem Sterling didn't even need him on the pitch to stick an elbow in, did you, really? (laughs) But a good result, Bobby, uh, all round. But the problem is that we have at the moment is... It's the consistency. We've lacked it all season. Yeah. Uh, we're only one point off of fourth place at the moment. Uh, I think City's form at the moment sees them in the bottom half of the table. That's how mm. bad they've their season's turned since Pep Guardiola has been announced as their manager. Um, can you, uh, let's take the Red Devil tinted glasses off, guys, both of you. Mm. Robbie, uh, Robert first do you really do, are we saying that United can push forward we've got well I mean we've got a great run in we've got five home games I mean have you got them listed there Ben
0: yeah we've got Read three out we've forward. got three in a row I mean we've got we've got Everton at home then Tottenham away obviously a big one but then Villa Palace and Leicester at home you know if we can't beat at least two or three of those we've got no chance uh, this, uh, so
2: Robert do you think that uh, it's we
0: got a we got a chance, or do you think you know we've we've left it too
2: late, or we're not we don't have the consistency.
1: There's a huge opportunity with City hemorrhaging the way they are. I mean, I think I think they are the weak ones of the pack now. I, I, I still I think Arsenal do their usual trick. Of shoring up the top four place, but City, surprisingly, now are, are, are the one are the vulnerable ones. And there's the way considering that their listless performance yesterday, you think yes, there is a chance. This Manchester United can't do it with the, the run of fixtures you say those three home games in particular. If they can't strike any form of consistency out of that, then they don't deserve to be in the top four. But they've got a chance. They've definitely got a chance now, thanks to City being unbelievably bad.
0: But City, have got the easier run in. You know, they've got West Brom, they've got Newcastle, they've got Stoke and Swansea. But this is what happens when you sack a manager halfway through the season and he still has to sit on the bench. West Ham have got a a big say in this as well, haven't they?
1: Yeah, strong team, aren't they? I mean, mean, it's the best West Ham team I've seen for a long time. And I I think they rightly... Fancy their chances as well, so and I believe, and we're playing them again, aren't we? As Second well, from in last the, in the league.
0: Second from yeah, last. Yeah, so I mean,
1: that could be that could be a huge game. Yeah. That could that could be just the way City are at minute. Well, we'll see. City might just find their rightful form again, actually, and, and settle. But if if not, you know, that game could that West Ham and Man United game in the, I think tenth of May, from what I can see, that could be huge.
2: Apparently, uh, Wayne Rooney did one of his um, any given Sunday speeches. Uh, Ben uh, came into the dressing room apparently players that are not playing are not allowed into the dressing room uh before a game and he was allowed to come in oh, and he'd really? done his Al-, Al Pacino speech.
0: Yeah, more like James Corden. What's that character James Gordon plays? <laughs> Smithy. <laughs> Smithy, He's more like one of those. Um, well, apparently
2: Rooney, uh, be- oh, yawn, yawn, we got the international break coming up, which is actually quite bad for us because, you know, when you win a game, the confidence from that and now to have this yawn, yawn break coming up. But apparently Wayne Rooney uh, could be fit by the time we come back to play Everton. Now, Robert, would you put Wayne Rooney back into the team or would you continue with how we are now?
1: No, I would, yeah. I, for me, I think that the position that you'd have to play in would be the position that Matter occupies or Lingard has, that sort of, that 10 or behind, behind the Rashford or Marshall. And right now, I think if we couldn't really justify it. He's notoriously slow. Uh, coming back to match fitness, anyway. I myself would have him on the bench and have him, when, yeah, if if needed, to come on as a, you know, hopefully an impact sub. But uh, you yeah, know, but I'd have him as a, as a substitute because I think he's not going to be involved in the in the international. Games, uh, I, I, do, I think it would be unwise to throw it back in and rely on him to somehow rescue us. I think he's a, he's a good option to have potentially. If he come on the he'd be very fired up. If he is left on the bench, could be could work for us. But as a player to come in the last twenty thirty minutes, certainly initially.
2: Ben, ben what do you think about uh, Jesse Lingard? Because yesterday he did play in that number yeah, two did. role, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I think Rio Ferdinand, paraphrasing, said that he thinks he's a, he's a real player, he's got a real brain and he can he does things that young players don't do, which he runs into space. Um, obviously, the manager trusted him to play in that central role yesterday. What, what are you, what, is this, I mean, people are forgetting because of Martial and Rashford coming into the team, mm. this is actually his first full year
0: in the t- yeah, in this, they, yeah, f- absolutely. F- first
2: full season. What, what do you make of I was Jesse really,
0: I was really impressed by his performance yesterday. He played really intelligently and uh, tucked in behind Rashford really nicely. If we have... Um, him playing in that position it means that there's two or three other players at the club who are also best suited for that position and you get a congestion I don't know who's going to end up being you know with that as the best position what would you do with Mata what would you do with Herrera what would you do with as Bobby says with with Rooney you know so many people challenging for that spot there's plenty of other places to play on the pitch there's right there's there's just behind them there's the there's the, the guy playing next to the anchor in midfield who will be our best number? I know we've had this discussion a million times but if there's one positive to come out of the season, just going back to that, it is the rise of Rashford, Lingard, and Marshall. And if they can mm. play somehow, and not necessarily stick rigidly to those positions, but if they can grow together and work out some sort of, you know, the telepathy of, of the olden days, I think those three, forget, for, you know, forget matter. Yeah. I,
2: th- I think there was times, wasn't there? Yesterday, you felt like, God, this is looks. I've, I've, this reminds me of something. <laughs> this pace going forward. And yeah. I think, I think it's g- good as well, Bobby, because you've got uh, Lin- Lingard and you've got um, Rashford and you've got Force Mensa coming on they've all grown up in the youth system and they actually were there when Ferguson was there and they understand a bit about the club and you saw that a bit yesterday when they were looking after each other when there was a bit of fifty cuffs after yeah. um, Rashford uh, Rashford was uh, taken down in the area um, what uh, for you what do, what do you feel moving forward do you feel like the Martial, Lingard Rashford could be could be where we could go and also you've got there's uh, reports today that United are their number one target could be sharing uh what's uh, sharing him. Uh, He is like sharing him isn't he um t- Kane. The, uh, Harry Kane and then what about Ibrahimovic as well i mean uh, are you happy are you happy with the youth and then maybe getting some more uh, mature players around them i
1: think i think, it's, I think uh, yeah I, I think if if we could get a a proven world class marksman i mean yeah, I, I think that would still be a good mark to play with the kids i mean that historically that's worked well for United over the years, you know if you think you know, Canton are playing with the young players, like sharing them doing the same. It it's worked for us before. As the th- three you mentioned obviously, Marshall Rashford Lingard be brilliant of all three work. The law of averages says that you know, maybe one, hopefully two out of those three, will come through and become regulars. We'd be very lucky if all three turned into world beaters. But let's stay optimistic for now. I'd say Lingard's done really well. The other two should show the you know, outstanding potential. And I'd also have a shout-out for someone I've long been biased for, still champion, is Januzaj, who so I'm convinced, if looked after properly, could also be in that sort of bracket and could be a very useful player for us. He's been, you know, had a, a rough couple of years arguably
2: by mismanagement to a degree. I'll ask you this now, both of you. I'll ask you first, Ben and mm. Bobby. We're talking about these the young players and mm. um, I guess Van Hal hasn't had a lot of praise this season for the way that he's set up and put out United teams. Now, on the one hand, you could say he's been forced into playing younger players because of injuries. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's ironic that he's spent nearly 300 million, but it's actually the youth that has saved his job. But also, he could have played the pay on the left, he could have played Martial and Lingard. He didn't have to play Rashford. So, you first, Ben. Mm. Do you give him any
0: praise for this, or do you
2: just think he's just fallen on
0: this? <laughs> um, if I was a PR man, I would say, I would have said to him a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, set your stall out be significant some way. And he's not been significant with his tactics. He's not been significant with his man management. But what he has been significant with is using the youth. And that's his calling card. That's his unique selling point. It's a gimmick. I do not believe for a minute that he's planned to, to give these young players a break because they're, you know, they're, they're talented. Um, I think he's genuinely thought, I'm in a hole here. I'm going to be the guy that brought on the youth.
2: Yeah, and, and and Robert, you you mentioned Yanderzai and there's been certain players um, that he has killed their careers in a way, hasn't he? I mean, Yanderzai has gone backwards, really. He's got rid of other players. And I spoke about in the opening, uh, do we miss Welbeck? And in the middle of the week against Liverpool, uh, Paul Scholes said that Danny Welbeck, that was a massive error selling him. Mm. And that he would walk into our team now. I mean, at the time, I don't know. Obviously, we were all miffed and a bit upset that we were selling a player that had been at the club since he was nine years old, and it would have basically been him and Rashford would have been the only real sort of Mancunian players. Mm. Now, Uh, do you think? Do you think Van Hull? can put his arm around a player and can make them feel good. He didn't do it against with Di Maria. Uh, he's not really done it with Yane's Do you think he's got that in him or is he just too, too well, much of an he, old dinosaur, really?
1: He, he, well, maybe. He would, he would argue himself, because he would cite the great Ajax, the young Ajax team of 20 years ago, but that was 20 years ago. And I wonder whether Van Gaal still has that capacity now really. I mean and, and in terms of sort of this was always the big master plan, some of these young players coming through. Well you yeah, this was someone who was relying on Di Maria and Falcao only a season ago and then and we all know what happened there. So no it, is, it clearly wasn't a grand strategy. He's been forced into this, had a bit of luck by the fact that Rashford has turned out to be a bit of an ace in the pack that Martial has proved to, 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 has matured far quicker than people expected. But I in terms of his ability to bring out the best In young players, you would have to say, even though he has managed it in the past, like like Barcelona Mm. and uh, Ajax, I'm still, I think the jury is out. I mean, the credit for him bringing these players in, yeah, it's great to see them there. But on the flip side, you say, has really, he's probably been forced to do it due to the fact he sold too many forwards at at the end of last season.
2: If you have any comments on tonight's Redcast, if you want to have your fill on Rashford's goals, was Morgan Snyder in the best player? 57% win percentage when he's in the team. Uh, Rooney, should he come back into the team? Who knows? Let's just hear it from you at United Redcast. Let's move on, because I did discuss earlier on Twitter, 10 years. And we are at United Redcast. This is where we have 5,000 people following us. We couldn't do it without you guys. 10 years since Twitter arrived, March the 21st, 2006. Let me take you back to golden days. United were halfway through a run of nine consecutive wins, but in the end went on to come finish second behind Chelsea. I mean, imagine, Ben,
0: nine consecutive wins. (laughs) I remember Ron Atkinson did that back in the 80s. I yes, think we were going yeah. for a record, and we lost to Luton. I think Ricky Hill or someone like that. I think
2: we've got eight games left. I think if we, if we did, if we won eight games in the in a row, Rob, but I think we'd definitely be finishing in the Champions League spots, don't you?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> recent recent uh, history suggests that would be a remarkable development.
2: And in the top three goal scorers in the Twitter years, there's top three goal scorers in the Premier League. Mm-hmm.
0: We should guess this. Guess was,
2: them. Guess it, them at United Red Cross as well. Play along. Uh, guess them. There's three three goal scorers in the last ten in years. In the last ten o- years. Henri?
0: No. Van Nistelrooy. No. Whoa.
2: Top goal scorer since 2006 to now okay. in the Premier League. Who scored the most goals from that date? Jeez. Robert, joining oh, you.
1: Oh, I'm trying. Yeah, my silence is. I'm actually doing my version of thinking. Let me. Who would have? Um... Could it possibly be Rooney? Well, Rooney? Rooney's got it.
2: Rooney's Rooney. Got it. Rooney. Well done, top scorer. 154 goals at United at home and in the car. Come on. Anyone <laughs> else? Can anyone have a guess? Didier dropped her. No, we'll be here all night, won't we? That's hard. <laughs> no, yes, Frank Lampard oh. was third, 105, and in yeah, second place was and in yeah. second place was Robin van Persie, 135 course, goals. Of course, of course. So I mean, Wayne Rooney way out, way out in front there. Um, but yeah, mm. a little bit of fun there for you guys on Twitter after 10 years of Twitter. Let's move on. This is going to be, a, uh, I think, this is going to take up the rest of the show. Actually, Jose and his pre-contract. I don't know if you've heard about this. Is there's been a reported agreement that allows Manchester. United, they've already they've done a signed a pre-contract with Jose, but within it, it allows the club to change its mind. So, if the club changes its mind for some reason, I think that must mean LVG wins the league (laughs) and wins the FA Cup. um, Then, if they don't give Jose the job by the first of June, they have to pay him a compensation of uh, I'm hearing in different quarters up to 15 million pounds. So if they sign him and then decide that they don't want him, they have to pay him. And I think, Robbie, Robert, this is ridiculous. Like the Diverin is now typical of the Manchester United boardroom, which just p- appears to be in pla- a place crammed full of executives and figureheads, each with an agenda of their own. It's ridiculous, isn't it, Robert?
1: Yeah, there's. I mean, that's uh, the Woodward's stewardship for the club has at, at times has been as verged on the embarrassing I think it would be fair to say while few I think would, would question his ability on the money making side and his financial now on the football side of things decisions he's, he's been wanting pretty much from the start and in terms of I mean it, it, it's, he put a lot of personal stock in Van Hal working being the short term answer with this three year contract and it is clearly a blow to his authority and credibility that it hasn't really worked out the way that he presented as it would. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can imagine why we've got such a fudged deal, it seems, sort of lurking in the shadows, just by the fact that it's trying to cover their backside over what has been a very, very, you know, poor couple of years.
0: Well, my insider information says that um, the only two, there's two people up there that don't want Jose at the club, but it's Bobby Charlton and Fergie. Yeah. Um, and they are advocates for, I think, I Rumor has it, Pochettino. Um, Anybody but... Jose so how does that work how, how, who's going to you know what as well? One? I would
2: say I would not listen to Alex Ferguson about regarding assigning managers after what he did with David <laughs> Moyes and I'm sorry but um, Bobby Charlton great player in his time but he shouldn't even be allowed to be involved in what goes on in the club I think uh, Woodward hasn't got a clue either the Americans don't know what's going on and it's, it's caused a massive issue we've had this issue with players oh they can't they're m- messing up transfers they're, they're leaving Jose waiting on the side. Now, the big question is, guys, and I'll ask you both,
0: do you, would you take Jose? God. Ben. If you asked me a few weeks ago, I'd be like, yeah, I'd rip your hand, I'd rip his hands off. But uh, it, this time, uh, their dithering has an effect on, on the fans. We're all dithering now because on the one hand, you just think, yeah, he's got the personality, he's got the, the charm, he's got the man management, he's got the... You know he's got the balls to take United and do stuff, but the other side you kind of think, geez, is he gonna? What's he gonna do with the youth? You know we've got a very youthful team here. Is he gonna allow Marshall, Rashford, Lingard to progress? His tactics, what is he gonna do? Park the bus every week? Do we want somebody that could be playing negative football coming to United? There's too much thinking time. If you if it was a yes or no, if you held a gun to my head, I'd say yes.
2: Bobby, let me ask you this, and you can give me the Mourinho answer as well. If and this is a big if. If Louis van Gaal went on to get United into the top four and we went to yep. the FA Cup final and won it, do you yep. think he will still be our manager next year?
1: The way we've been behaving as a club, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we fudged it. But no, I would I would, I would actually say no. I don't, I don't think he will. It wouldn't be enough because... It's a it's it's a stated three year project, the Van Hal project. It's a short term project, so we've only got another a year. But anyway, if it was like the idea, if he was like a forty eight year old manager who thought it was going to be around for years and was planning for long term, it'd be a different sort of discussion we we're having. But this is a short term project which hasn't actually been very good. So when we're only talking about another year, anyway. It really, that we, there's not much of an onus to hold on to him. That's In scary. terms of Jose Mourinho, I wouldn't hesitate. I would say absolutely we should go for him. I realize it's a pact with the devil, but I hmm. think with a, the a pragmatic hat on, I would say that the romantic days of having you know, managers turning up for 12, 13 years, very lucky if we can do it, but it's very, highly doubtful that will happen again, certainly for many decades to come. I think Jose brings A, he's won the European Cup with two different sides. B, obviously won the Premiership on several occasions. And C, I think the idea of Jose Mourinho and Manchester United together is complete show business. is brilliant. And I think it put us back at the centre of the football planet again. I really do. With Pep being across the, the way, I think Jose Mourinho being at Manchester United is such a statement of intent. We're not talked about in the same way anymore across Europe. I think Jose Mourinho being there, for better and also worse, I'm aware of that, I think would really put us back in the, back on the top playing field. And I actually think, Yes, we would win the Premiership again with him as
0: manager. But you're, you're talking sensibly. You have this faith that the Ditherers at the top are actually going to make yes. a decision. <laughs> why? Yeah, why? Right. Why is Van Gaal still there? Why hasn't? Didn't he go at Christmas? It's obvious the man was un, incapable and, and underachieving. I think
2: Woodward yeah. Woodward really didn't want to be known as the sacking chairman. Yeah. He really after what happened with uh, Moyes, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be seen that. Like, he didn't want to have that legacy because of the you know the United haven't sacked a manager for 26 years. Uh, But wouldn't it actually be quite hilarious if uh, City finished fifth, we finished fourth, and Mourinho came we got in the Champions League and City <laughs> were out of it that would be uh, well, unbelievable but let's also talk about this you've got uh, poor old Gary Neville has had a disastrous time in Valencia and even someone like Zinedine Zidane one of the greatest players in the world has taken the Real Madrid job and it's not been plain sailing for him as well so do you Ben do you completely rule out the Ryan Giggs scenario
0: yeah I do unfortunately I do I'd rather his legacy lives on as a genius player because he's he's culpable by association. Um, he could have helped. You know, he could have persuaded Van Gaal to adopt different tactics. He could have helped Moyes a little bit more, but he didn't. I just don't think he's ready. And uh, Bobby,
2: what do you think? Would you would you have taken him?
1: I think the odds would be hugely against him being a successful United manager. It's a lovely romantic idea, and I know why fans crave for it—the yeah. idea of that that generation of golden players. But look, we. I yeah you know, I when I was, I wanted Brian Robson to be our manager. You know what I mean? It's very romantic. You mean yeah, Eric Cantona will be our manager. You know, hmm. Bobby Charlton, arguably Manchester United's greatest ever player, was a lousy manager. Yeah. you know he lasted there only a few years. but the, the law averages are completely against it. To be brutally honest. If Giggs was really, could really cut the mustard, he would go away, he would manage another club, make a success of it and come back. The truth is, if he does go away and try that, I doubt he'll ever come back to Manchester United. It's so, so difficult to make it work. But Steve Bruce and Mark Hughes, probably examples of two decent, reasonably successful managers who've come from yeah. Manchester United. Neither of those guys will get anywhere near the United job. It's so difficult, and I just I think it'd be really naive uh, for, for United to go go for the gigs option. Great player that he was. That does not make him have a natural right to be a manager of the team.
2: Yeah, so here at United Redcast Towers and <laughs> up on the, the keys of Salford, we all agree, I think, that uh, Van Gaal's a dead man walking, and that Mourinho could be coming into the job by June the first. Otherwise, he's going to get even more money for not even doing a job, which is, is incredible. Um, let's just talk about before we go. We I didn't mention it earlier on, but the FA Cup game against West Ham that we played last Sunday. Um, I, 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 West Ham are a strong team, and I wasn't surprised that we uh, that Ben we managed to scrape. We luckily got a draw, really, because they were the stronger on that day. Now we go to a replay Upton Park or sorry the bowling ground yeah. their last game under lights their last FA Cup game at that ground what what, are your, what are your thoughts on that I can well, see by your face if we had if we had like a little camera now we could be able to show you <laughs> what Ben
0: looks like I just think the inconsistency of the tactics and the, the games at uh, mean that we we could win we win one and we lose one i don't know if they'll be up for it i don't it's a it's a you know so they've got to travel 250 miles th- there's injuries they've got to pay it <laughs> we out, we don't i can't see it I'm, I'm i'm optimistic i'm i was optimistic a few months ago but nah
2: robert i mean look at the carrot that's at the end of this if, if you win this game then you've got everton at wembley and then you've got a potential final against either watford or or crystal palace. Mm. It, I mean, there's not a greater chance for us to win a win a trophy since we we beat Millwall all those years ago. But what, yeah. do, you, what do you think? Are you, are you feeling the same as Ben on this?
1: <sighs> yeah, I, I think going there, West Ham, and I think when they're they're playing so well, really, really, really tough. I, <sighs> I would, I, I, I'll hedge my bets. I do think it's probably 50-50 just because of the way United are. We know there's that team that can turn up and put in an accomplished performance like yesterday. We also know there's that team that can turn up and play Stoke and West Brom, Norwich and be utterly lousy. We just don't know which one's going to arrive. So I think I think we've got, you know, 50-50 chance, I would say, right now. And then, as you say, it really opens it up for us. I mean, I, as a United fan, have always been, been depressed for many years. How lousy we've been in the FA Cup. Absolutely. We were the FA Cup's greatest team. Yeah, I mean, my memories. My favourite. I mean, I was at the new camp in '99, but my favourite memory as a Manchester United fan, I have to say, would be as a kid of nine where I was in 1985 seeing Whiteside score against Everton it's had such a magical there's such an awe about the cup which I know has been diminished in recent years but I hate the fact that Arsenal I think have now overtaken us with the number of FA Cups and I think we are the, the ultimate FA Cup team and we need to reclaim that territory and yeah, I think it would also help the FA Cup status to have Manchester United back yeah, at the top of that the top of not, I'm not
2: at all bias I agree with you completely I mean that we've got some news on that game that game is actually on Wednesday the 6th of April and the kickoff is at 7pm 7 7pm 7 because there is a Champions League game kicking off later on and you can't, mm-hmm. you can't apparently kick-off at the same time so that that's a nice place to travel to East London <laughs> at 7 o'clock like on a Wednesday <laughs> night good luck so with that on the red carpet I'm sure good luck let's just say one, one more time so we've got it written That we've got it recorded and it's down there for a posterity. Ben, where do you think United will finish at the end of this season? I'm going. I'm fourth.
0: We're gonna do it. We'll get into Europe. We'll be fourth.
2: Robert?
1: At the beginning of the season, I said we'd finish third, so I would definitely take
2: fourth, yeah. Uh, I, I just wish we had consistency. My issue is because yeah, of wish, because yeah. of the young players we have and because of I mean, pretty average players that we have in the team, we're so up and down and we just don't know what is going to happen from one week to the next. And because we've got this boring, yawny international break, it doesn't help at all until we get to our mm. next game. But you have to have hope and you have to say we've got five home games, games and we'd have to take points from that so I'm going to say it would be absolutely incredible if we finished fourth and City finished fifth what an amazing what an amazing yeah. end of the season that'd be but you still think that wouldn't be enough both of you for Van Hal to keep his job no chance Robert
1: as Paul Skull said we're not Arsenal we're not celebrated up being in the top four so yeah. it certainly would not be enough
2: yeah, by the way, uh, we're talking about Twitter's 10-year, I do get annoyed that after every game our players are coming on Twitter saying, great result, great result, it's like, Liz, you know, so I wouldn't mind if you were in the top four, or at least yeah. pushing for the title, yeah. but stop coming out and saying, oh, what a great day it's been for Manchester United. It's like winning yeah. the Carling
0: yeah. Cup and thinking, that's, that's, that's exactly. clever.
2: Exactly, so on that note, I'd like to thank you both for joining us, Ben Paul in the studio, thank you for coming you. again, and Mr. Meekin, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, sir, Thank you for having me. And be careful up there. I know it's spring t- It's officially springtime now, so it's T-shirts and shorts in Manchester. Is that correct?
1: All the fine, beautiful handmaidens are all out. Yeah, it's, it's fine.
2: And to you at home in the car, our Manchester United red cast followers, thank you for joining us. We'll be having a little break because of this boring international break, but we'll be back after the Everton game. Hopefully, we're pushing on with more points. So from me, from Ben, from Robert, come on United. Come
0: on, the Reds. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.